Welcome to the Unstoppable Profit Podcast. Wherever you are today, if you're starting with nothing or are well on your way to the success you desire with the right people, processes, and promotions in place, you will be unstoppable. And now, I'd like to introduce your host, Mike Stromso. Hey, welcome, everybody. Welcome to the next uh, episode of the Unstoppable Profit Podcast. This is Mike Stromso coming to you live from the Living Agency Laboratory. I am pumped. I am honored and privileged and excited. Oh, a huge mouthful, right? To have on the podcast in this episode, Nancy Mendezabel and David Brush from, make sure I get this right, Greenville, Rhode Island. Is that correct? That's correct. Welcome, Nancy and David, to the podcast. Thank you for spending time with us today. Thanks, Mike, for having us. You're welcome. And uh, uh, since I've gotten to know you better through our, our coaching programs, our platinum coaching programs, uh, you have set goals. And uh, you have set goals on where you want to go, how you want to continue to grow your agency, how you want your agency, agency to end up in two, three, four years down the road. And I've just observed you taking action, taking action, taking action, and not only accomplishing those goals, but if you want something to sink your teeth into, how about 63.1% revenue growth in less than two years? A virtual high five to you guys. Great job on that. So pumped, so excited, and we're going to dig in today and find out how the heck you did that. But before we go there, let's find out a little bit about you. So uh, you are from um, Greenville, Rhode Island. Nancy? How long have you been in the business? Tell us a little bit about your industry journey, et cetera, and then we'll go to David next. Okay, so um, my name is Nancy Mendesabel. We're with Apple Valley Insurance, and I've been in the business, well, each of us have been in the business about 30 years. Um, we started uh, in the business 30 years ago with our dad. The three of us worked together, and both of us grew up in the insurance industry, and you, most children that grew up in it swear they're never, never going to work. <laughs> <laughs> the agency and um you know indirectly we each spent time out after college in a different industry and then kind of circled back so we um we've been in the agency with our dad for about 15 years and when he retired david and i uh, bought the agency from him and we've been business partners now for a little over 15 years and it's probably the best decision i ever made personally I came out of corporate banking and i really miss the client interaction that you have on the agency side and owning an agency has such a perfect blend of client interaction, carrier interaction, uh, business development, business planning, and community involvement. So we, uh, we both love what we do. So, I mean, I love what I do every day. Can't wait to go to work. And I think I speak for David as well, but we'll let him <laughs> address that. But we're both so grateful for, to our dad for never pressuring us to come into the agency. But when we came back to him on our own, he welcomed us with open arms. And um, it's one of the best decisions that I ever made so I agree with I agree with I agree with everything she said the only maybe one thing I'd add is the freedom it's given us too so we enjoyed that yeah, yeah. fantastic and, um, Mike you mentioned that we're in Rhode Island so we currently have 16 members five full-time and one um, intern David's daughter is working for us for the summer and she's a godsend <laughs> so we have uh, we have 16 members right now and I think that we're a pretty normal agency, average agency. Um, but maybe we'll talk about that a little bit as we, we get into the session. So, Well, you know, I'm going to help you maybe 
shift your mindset just a little bit because that's part of what I, I try to accomplish in everything that we do because I don't view you as an average agency at all. Hey, David, uh, before we get mo moving to the uh, first topic matter, uh, anything else to add on your end? No, um, I love working with my sister. It was a lot of fun when the three of us worked together too. My father, my sister and I, we had, we had great times together when yeah. uh, we worked together. Yeah, and I will suggest uh, from the outside, I'm, I know your dad has to be uber proud of what you've accomplished so far. And uh, kudos to you for carrying on the legacy, continuing to build the agency. Uh, as we uh, were discussing earlier before we went on, to a very respectable level. And sometimes when you're inside the agency, you can't see that because you're too close to it. But you know, based on my observation and working with agents all over North America, you guys are a very respectful agency. Kudos to you for growing that and being dedicated to the cause uh, in which you're pursuing. So way to go. Um, you know, is there anything else that makes you unique uh, in your eyes? Wait. <laughs> So we, we talk about this once in a while. Um, we, when we first purchased the agency from our dad, we, um, we saw the value immediately of having a coach. And we've taken a lot of chance, risks or, I don't say risks, but we're not afraid, afraid to try something new. And some of those have been very um, big lessons, but nothing is irreversible. So we've tried so many different things over the you know 15 years that we've owned it together. And even before when we were working with our dad, we tried some things. It was a little harder sell then. David and I are more on the same page than, uh, than it was the three of us. But one thing is um, think, trying to think outside the box and really not being, being afraid of trying to take a chance and try something new or different or um, seeing what's out there. So yeah, yeah. might so, make this a little different. Yeah, since you brought up coaching, what do you think the most important aspect of coaching is? David? <laughs> you know, it, it forces you um, to stop, think, and reflect. And that gives you time to either correct um, something that maybe you're not 100% on or to improve. So it for, by getting into a coaching environment, it forces you to take the time consistently to just reflect, realign, and improve. And, you know, little increments over time make a big, big difference. Small choices plus consistency over time, right? Yes. Kudos to you. Do you feel that you would be as comfortable as you are today in the chairs that you're in from an agency owner standpoint as you are now, say without the coaching that you've experienced over the years? No. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I think we, we realized pretty quickly that when you're an agency owner, and David and I are fortunate because we have each other to either bounce ideas off of or to hold each other somewhat accountable, but that's not either one of our strengths, the accountability piece. Um, and we realized pretty quickly that we didn't have a boss to answer to. Right. And we had each other. And we, we've searched for, um, I want to say, we've experienced several different coaching environments. Um, the one with UPP is working really well for us. We, we find, you know, Mike, you're awesome. And we love the mastermind piece of it. Uh, the mastermind is, some, is something that we find incredibly valuable. Just having the resource of other agents to be able to bounce ideas off of or to seek advice from or why recreate the wheel. If someone's already doing it really well and they can share that with you, that is incredibly beneficial to us. Um, we would have just 
tried so many things that weren't going to work and not know it before without a, a coaching environment or a mastermind group or fellow agents, a peer group to, to share ideas with. So um, we've been in some sort of coaching environment probably since we first purchased the agency in 04. Fantastic. It actually was before that. And one of the other benefits I see is we um, have over the years evident flow in activity or involvement with local groups. And when we join groups that are more on a national basis, the ideas freely um, flow and it's not like a, a protection type of thing where they're trying to protect their turf or their seek trade secrets locally. Um, and I think that's a big benefit too, to join a group that's on a national level. And it, and it doesn't mean you have to travel or anything with, with Facebook today, you can join groups um, or on podcasts like this, you can join groups that, through the internet or virtually too, so. Yeah, and, and we are you know, in the next normal, right? And we are resetting uh, as business organizations. And now what we're doing right now as an example uh, will never go away. In fact, I think it will become, uh, to an extent, the next normal instead, am I gonna get on an airplane or am I gonna be okay doing this virtually, right? And you know, asking that question, uh, we had no plans to go into this topic of conversation, but thank you for sharing. Um, you know, from the outside observation, what makes you guys unique? I haven't seen uh, recently, and this is one of the reasons I wanna get you guys on the podcast and see if I can pull the information out of you to support that 63.1% revenue number. Um, why you guys are unique because of the fact that you've figured out a very sweet blend of organic growth and acquisition growth to support that. Now, I would suggest maybe half of that is uh, maybe attributed to acquisition, but you've also continued to grow organically. And back to the mastermind environment for just a second, I remember there was a mastermind meeting in San Diego a couple of years ago where you kind of felt handcuffed. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Because you had decided this is the way we're going to do business. What caused you to rip the handcuffs off and record record months of new organic growth back to back to back? Do you remember? <laughs> so I, I recall that session vividly and we, um, we expanded our uh, appetite, so to speak for new business. And that provided a lot more opportunity. And I don't want to say we were being stubborn, but we just, we had an idea and we were sticking with it. We were committed to it mm -hmm. for better, for worse, you know, right. and it had run its course. And we realized that in order to grow, I don't want to say significantly, but to see the growth that we wanted, that we were going to be satisfied with, we expanded our appetite. And at the same time, you mentioned the acquisition, we've been we're always looking for new acquisitions or partnerships or any way that we can help another agent that might see a benefit to joining with us. And at that time we were looking at, at that as well. And part of our continued growth since the acquisition is being able to round out the accounts of the book we purchased. So when we're looking for books, it's, it's very appealing to us <clears throat> if there is, it's not fully cross-sold because that's one of our, plan business models is to cross sell and to develop that account as, as fully as we can. So part of that then is the org organic and the acquisition combination. Right. And yeah, we started to focus on sales more. Yeah, so you're yeah. going to, you, you're going to see results from what you measure. So yeah. And I, I want to hear what you have to say in just a second, but I want to introduce this 
piece to uh, springboard you, David. At the end of the day, that was a key learning point, and, and I hope any, everybody learns from this, was the fact that you had identified that you had run the gamut with that strategy, and it was time for a change. Because if we want things to change, who has to change? Mike, I agree with that. And I, I was going to bring up the point that that's a classic example of you took the time to step away from your business, go to the mastermind and realign something, reflect, realign and improve. So that, that's all I wanted to add into yeah. what Nancy said. But kudos to you because you did it. You took action on it. You made a decision, which is the key point. You made a decision and you took action on it which uh, we believe will always lead to the next win or the next lesson. But, you know, it's those wins and lessons, right? That mm -hmm. cause us to grow. And kudos to you for taking the action. So let's step back uh, to your um, agency position for just a couple of minutes. So uh, now uh, you're in a position where you've built a model, maybe not yet the scalable model, but what's your vision of the next steps in building the scalable model? Because, you have a very respectful, respectable agency, very solid numbers, uh, good revenue per employee and everything. And now you have some freedom on your hands because you've figured out a lot of things. Kudos to you for that. So what's the next step in getting to the scalable model? Because I know that was part of David's vision. He was, you know, I remember he talked about that a lot. I think it's multifaceted. One of the current situation we're in with the COVID epidemic um, has accelerated some of uh, the choices we may have had to make. And this, the, we, this is kind of a side topic a little bit, but um, the scalability and us growing going forward, I think is accelerated by the possibilities of people um, with flexible work options, either in the office or out of the office or a hybrid of both. And I think it uh, opens our opportunities for choices of taking on team members and then also to, to keep existing team members and to utilize everybody to the fullest capabilities. Fantastic. Anything to add on that, Nancy? No, that's, that's good. Okay. Cool. So you're at where you're at now. What have you learned and how do you now focus and prepare for each day going forward? Do you have any secret sauce that you developed over time to make sure that you are ready every single day to take on what may come your way or may not come your way? I, I know one thing for me that works well is if I take and set aside some time to think and exercise, if I do both of those on a consistent basis, uh, I'm much more productive if I do that. So the balance wheel. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing. And, and, the, and the piece to, to reflect, make sure you fit some time in your day to just think. Mm -hmm. Get rid of the noise and, and think. Yeah, there's a lot of people say that's a lost art. Yeah. The ability to step back and think. Nancy? For me, it's um, having the night before, making sure I kind of have my day the next day planned out as much as possible. And it's never 100%. You, things come up and you've got to pivot and you've got to take care of things. But to at least um, kind of have a, a structure the night before for what's going to be what the next day is going to be and what's priority and what is a must do and what's a nice to do and, and where's the free time if you need it. So. Yeah, absolutely. So 
Let's talk about obstacles because over the last 15 years, I'm sure there's been some obstacles and we've all had to overcome obstacles. Is there one that was a, a bigger obstacle or maybe even a more painful lesson that we haven't talked about yet that you can share with people out there in Unstoppable Nation? I'll, I'll take this, Mike. Um, <clears throat> this is something I'm really proud of and it goes back, it's well over 10 years that we had one insurance company that we had a book of business with and at the time we decided to have Chris Baran do a study on all of our companies from a financial instability standpoint. And the report came back and identified one of our companies, we had about 11 companies then, that really had some questionable um, areas from a financial instability standpoint. And had we not done that, we probably wouldn't have made a choice to take action. But over the next few months after the report, the company dropped the ball and made some mistakes in the areas of underwriting, billing, and claims. And that caused us to take action to roll that book. And we rolled that book to another insurance company. Um, and about three months after we were done rolling it, the company uh, went out of business. Now, at an add, to add to that, the company that we rolled to became our number one personal lines company in the agency. And we're 80% personal lines now, we were then. And then uh, that company decided to get out of the property market in Rhode Island. And so we had to replace all of our homeowners and dwelling fire with that company. It was the largest homeowner book in our office. And there were about maybe 15 or 20 agents that were represented that company. And we were the only agent that decided not to roll that to a, an established relationship they made where the policies could be rolled automatically onto new paper with a, with a letter with no work on the agent's part. But the company that the policies were getting rolled to had uh, no AM best rating. And we had plenty of companies or markets that had A ratings. And we, decided, we were the only agents to decide to do it manually because of the appetite at the time, property was not favorable and we had to move this, we couldn't get it rolled to another company. We had to move it all manually. And we ended up hiring a virtual assistant at that time. And, and I talk about this because I look back now and we just lived through it, but those decisions went against the grain of uh, all the agent friends we had locally. We um, were crazy for getting rid of a company contract when we um, rolled the first book. And then the second time, people think we're people think thought that we were fools for adding all the work of manually taking all these policies and writing them, you know, to several different companies, not taking the easy way out with the role. So, what's been the result of you, if you will, taking that risk? Um, I, I think it it set us on the path to really stick with um, decisions that we make for us for our situation and not really look that much it we do look in the marketplace but don't say okay well we hit this roadblock and 10 other agents are taking that challenge this way and came up with a solution no let's think about what's best for apple valley not right. you know what everyone else is doing and if it happens to be the same thing it does if it if it isn't we're not afraid to go against the current to do what's best for our agency and our people so you've built your risk gut, so to speak. 
through that. And, you know, in the words of uh, one of my mentors, Jim Rowan, he said, it's what you become through the process that makes you who you are. Now you guys are risk adverse. You, you're not afraid to take risks that are good for Bob, right? Yeah. Right. Bob being Apple Valley Agency, AVA. Congratulations. I, I yeah, please go ahead. I was just going to add in there too that I think it gave us the confidence to take control of our own destiny and make things happen rather than letting things happen to us. And, you know, every challenge that you come across, or and I'd rather call them challenges and problems, but every challenge in the industry is also an opportunity. Right. And we really try to take the focus off of the negative piece of it and say, what opportunity is there for us out of this process or problem or, or challenge that's, that's put before us? Right. And the, when David was talking about that book roll, our challenge with that was that the company that was pulling out of that home property market was a very stable, traditional A-rated company, one of the highest A-ratings for years and years and years. How could we then tell our clients that that was such an important thing to be with a, a really stable A-plus a, a company, and now we're going to move you to a company that did not have that same rating when we had other options available. So it really gave us the, um, I think it gave us perspective as to do what's right for the client and not maybe what's easiest for us. Right. Um, so, and it, it just solidified that that bigger picture is pretty important and you have to look at your long-term goals, not so it's what's going to take care of the, your problem, you know, take be the easy way out right now or the easiest thing right now. So. Well, in the words of Les Brown, if we do what's easy, our life's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. If we do what's hard, our life will be easier. Yeah. And in the moment when, you know, that is unknown, it's hard to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's why you guys are making the progress, albeit it was a few years ago that you went through this. But now looking back, it was a key turning point. Yeah. Would you I think it was a key turning point and set us up, like Nancy said, to have the confidence to make decisions like that and, you know, stand alone if you have to, to do it too. That's right. That's right. So what do you think the most critical skill an agency business, business owner needs to have or master in order to thrive today? Looking back over the last 15 years, is there one or two things that you can pick out? I, from my perspective, I think the most important thing today is continual investment in technology and learning. And learning, I don't just mean for the owner, I, I mean the whole team. And I might add to that, just be open um, or ready for, for change and opportunities. Right, right. Yeah. And, Nancy, anything to add on it, that? And I'd, I'd add in the um, ability to be open to opportunities. I mean, we've said this several times, but to seek out help from others. Um, you know, there's so, so many people in our industry know so much and are willing to share. And if you can forge um, friendships and relationships with the people and it's more of a sharing environment, you can just, you can learn so much. Everybody has something to contribute. Um, so I, I think just ha embracing the community that's available to you. Absolutely. Could not agree more. I, I reflect back to is roughly, well, was last century, I know that. Uh, 98 or 99, I was sitting in, in an environment, and I said, these people already have it all figured out. And, and a lot of those learning moments for me were outside of our industry, too. And like, I don't have to figure it all out myself. I'm just going to become a massive implementer. <laughs> and that's when it all changed. So 
kudos to you for identifying that. So let's uh, let's move on to um, you know maybe helping some uh, some others with some other uh, recipes for success that, that I know you guys have tucked deep with deep within your your heart, soul, and your minds uh, that might be able to help. So you know. Building a business, as you've learned and as you've experienced, is very hard work. But when we have the right strategy, it can make all the right difference. So if we think about the people, the processes, and the promotion, from a strategy standpoint, uh, let's talk about the people for just a minute. Mm -hmm. What are some wins and lessons with regard to people based on your journey so far? We, we talk about this often, that you need to be happy and friendly and think positive. You can teach people insurance, you can teach people, you know, how to do processing, how to quote and rate, but you cannot teach people how to be nice and how to care. And that's one of the things that, you know, when you look at people, you, you need to have a base level of skill set, obviously when you come in, but a lot of the core behaviors um, in your mindset is something that it's just, you either have it or you don't. Right, right, I agree. I agree, yeah. happy, happy, friendly and do the right thing. If yep. the person's going to do that, you can teach them anything else. But Absolutely. Yeah. And we were recently talking about, uh, you know, we both learn and grow from each other and huddling with each other. We were talking about our core values, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Apple Valley Agency has core values and that's who you are. And now, uh, before we went on, you also mentioned that you've had some success recently in recruiting uh, in the first P realm. Kudos to you there. Yeah. So we're hoping to bring on two, two new people shortly, shortly. So fantastic. For our team. So, yeah. I mean, we always get to be recruiting, right? Yeah. You need to so, always be recruiting. <laughs> exactly. So we've got the excellent people. Uh, talk a little bit about world-class world class processes and systems. David, I know that's an area of your strength uh, because you're, you're that guy who makes sure that all the processes in the agency uh, are, you know, set and ready to go and you continue to study and develop. Any key tricks and strategies that you've developed uh, over the last couple of years? I, I would say the only thing, again, I guess, and this seems like repetitious, but have an open mind. Um, you know, I, I think of some of the things we've, we've done over the years that have made small or great impacts and it's just trying things out uh, trying to improve them, maybe get rid of them if they don't work, but continually just have an open mind. Um, I think of all the things that most agents have brought on, you know, uh, dual monitors, e-signature, texting, all these things help you and the client too for the experience, but just have an open mind to just keep on trying these things. And getting everybody on EFT, taking yeah, that equation out of it. You know, let's you know, talk about this for just a minute. I mean, before uh, the current adversity, you had a fair amount of walk-in traffic, right? We did. We had not a lot, but enough. I, I mean, and, you know, maybe more than the norm, but now uh, looking forward, that may not be part of your plan going forward, right? Today, right now, it isn't. And in, in long term, it may not be at all. Uh, mm -hmm. Today, we don't have any uh, current plan to return to foot traffic in our office. Right. And... The agency continues to grow anyway. Is that accurate? Yes. Yes, it does. I think yeah. in some ways it's improved um, our team focus and our ability to help people because people have to, people are more likely to schedule time and we control 
our time better too as an internal team. Fantastic. Anything to add on that, Nancy? I was just going to add that, you know, the whole thing about going remote is we've actually removed a lot of the distractions on a daily basis for our team and they feel so much more efficient at home and um, they just feel like they're more productive. And I think one, one thing they mentioned is that they have a little more control of doing the work on, on their schedule rather than being at the mercy of people walking in the door. I mean, they've still got the phone calls, but they can time block their day much more effectively and not have the interruptions of as much as you tried to get people to schedule appointments to come in, you still have people who just pop in for something and, and that can change your flow of how the days go. And now they're much more structured. They've got this that they want to get done first thing in the morning because that's their, their on time and their time that's really productive and the stuff they really going to be able to focus on and think about. And then in the afternoon is when they do the stuff that's more, you know, just easier to, to process and things, things that don't take real brain power. And, I like the fact that we've been able to give them that empowerment to make that decision of, of how they want to plan their day and what's going to be most effective for them and make them most efficient. So what would you say to the agency owner who's watching or listening to this right now, who's thinking, well, how do I know they're really working the entire day? I, I believe that you, you have to just trust your team. And I think as you get bigger, we're still a small agency. There's five of us, you know, uh, and one, one part-time. So it's, it's easy for me to be able to tell when things are getting done and if, if things are starting to, if they're feeling overwhelmed and they're not afraid to come to me and say, you know what, I'm just really busy right now. Can someone else take care of this? And we shift it a little bit. Um, but I, I've never been one to micromanage. I truly believe that people will do what they need to do and they'll do the right thing. Um, and I haven't had any reason to not believe that. So that's how we operate going forward, that they, I leave it up to pretty much the team is how they want to schedule their day as long as the things get done that they need to get done that day. Um, I, you have to have a lot of trust to, to truly work with the remote. I mean, you can, there's programs you can monitor that, but that's also very time consuming and tedious. So you're losing a lot when you get to that level where you need to monitor that at, that much. So Taking away the focus. David, anything to add on that? No, Nancy nailed it on the head. Yeah, I agree. So um, as we begin to move to wrap this up, thank you so much for sharing great information. Uh, I hope everybody's taking copious notes. I can't wait to go back and make sure I've got all my notes in order on this, uh, of all the nuggets you're dropping. So this organic growth, let's talk about the third P for just a second. Uh, the leads are coming in. In fact, I, I recall a discussion when you had to kind of think about the number of leads coming in. Where's it all coming from? Or is it a combination of a lot of things? It's a combination uh, at this point of referrals. Uh, we are doing it still cross-selling quite a bit, so proactively uh, rounding. But the leads, uh, it's a combination of Google and Facebook ads and stuff from our website, which the website indirectly I think is Google, like people search us and find it. But um, a lot of it is SEO, which David, David kind of tracks that, and then the Facebook marketing. And then just center the, the other, that's the majority of it. So that, and then the referrals. And Mike, just to add to that, to quantify it and correct me if I'm wrong, Nancy, because you track it, but a third of it comes from referrals. Yeah. So. That's awesome. And, that's awesome. You know, the numbers go ahead. Yeah. And I would say that in before, when we were still open, we had about a third was the referrals. Another third was SEO. And then the other third was just people that were driving by, or past like winbacks, um, 
the walk-ins, which is similar to a drive-by. So it was pr pretty much like 30, 30, 40, and then another 30. So. And, and, and part of the contribution to that is your community work. I, I know that you're very big in the community and supporting your communities uh, and being out there in that particular environment when you can as well, correct? Yeah. It's all of us, it, everyone in our agency is from the local area, obviously. We all live within 10 miles of the office. And it's very important for us to be able to give back to our community because all of our clients, 85% of our clients are within a 10 mile radius, or 80% 10 mile radius. So if it wasn't for all those clients, we would not be able to um, have the team that we have. We wouldn't be able to you know, live, live life on our own terms right. and have the successful agency that we have. So we're incredibly grateful to our community and we try to give back and the usual stuff, supporting the local, sports teams. Um, our, our kids were both in different high school, different school departments, so we were able to support both of that. But we just support the libraries, uh, the food pantries, stuff like that. So it's Congratulations. So you've got that sweet blend going on of people, processes, and promotion. Look at the results. 63.1% uh, growth in less than two years. Top line revenue. Congratulations. Uh, anything else you'd like to add? What's next for Apple Valley Agency? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I've got right here uh, your new normal. Now, shall we reposition it? The next normal, if you will. Sure. The next normal, 20% will become the expected baseline of normal operational growth. So, back to commitment is the thing I said I was going to do long after the mood I said it in has passed. Now uh, that we're uh, putting this out into the public ear and or eye. Good, we got it. Yeah, we're looking. We're looking for our next acquisition, you know, and and we're looking to bring on more team members to be able to handle a lot of the leads. I think we were talking to you that some of our uh, lead generators we had to cut back because we just don't have the capacity to handle all that. So we're looking to grow both organically and through an acquisition. So we have so much opportunity on the table, but we don't have enough people to handle that opportunity. Do you know how many? Back to you're the average agency, right? You know how many people would give a body part to be in that particular position? David, you're going to add something, sir? No, I was going to. I was just going to say it, it, it's true, and less less to be in that position, really. Yeah. yeah. Could not agree more. And you know, as you journey to the next step uh, in the operational legacy, I guess we can coin it uh, in that phrase. Uh, you have a former teammate who recently moved on, Tootsie, right? Yes, yes. And uh, we were able to talk about Tootsie just a little bit in our recent one day. And now in your upgrade of everything, you're going to memorialize Tootsie, right? Yeah, so Tootsie, Tootsie was my dog, and she's been coming to work for us with me for probably 12 years. And initially, she was a, an, an amazing greeter because the minute the door opened, she'd run down and see who was there. And then as she got a little bit older, her response time wasn't quite as quick, <laughs> but um, but we said goodbye to Tootsie in May, the end of May, and we'll probably put her, we'll change her. She's on the website now as a team mascot, so we need to migrate and, and there you put go. her down as, in memoriam. So. There we go. And, you know, uh, I, I know one of the many things that came out of our recent one day together, even albeit it was virtual, we got a great punch list, and uh, now you guys are, uh, the clock is ticking, if you will, to get all that done, but 
That's going to be one of the things uh, because in the promotional realm, as crazy as it sounds, uh, you may want to write this one down. There's two things that people seem to connect to, right? Mm -hmm. Kids and animals, kids yeah. and animals. So if you've got that in the mix, make sure you share it with everybody because they're looking to build that depth of relationship because at the end of the day, experience plus feelings equals connectedness and relationship plus trust equals the money follows trust, right? Mm -hmm. So people do business with those that they know, love and trust. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. So uh, love being the strongest emotion, right? Yes. Well, speaking of love, I have loved our time together today. Thank you so much for this incredible opportunity. Thank you for sharing with everybody out there. Uh, if you've watched this and or listened to this, go back and listen to it and or watch it again. Uh, you can listen to it wherever you're at on any of the one of many channels or you can watch it on YouTube and you can get even more out of it. Make sure you take copious notes and most importantly, implement, execute, and take action. Nancy and David, thank you so much. Any last uh, words of wisdom to add? Have fun. Right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's a great business. Have fun. Yeah. Good. And it's okay to listen to people who know more than you do about anything and do have fun and implement, right? Yes. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining this episode of the Unstoppable Profit Podcast. And don't forget, uh, if you've enjoyed this, please share it with anybody and everybody that you know so they continue can continue to grow their business, create wealth, and have more freedom to live life on their own terms, just like Nancy and David do and are doing. And until then, get out there, make a difference, be unstoppable, leave no regrets. Nancy, David, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, Mike, for having us. All right, everybody, have a great day. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you would like to listen to more episodes or share this podcast with someone you care about, please visit www.unstoppableprofitpodcast.com. Now go out and make a difference. Be unstoppable and leave no regrets.